0: Morning, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. So sorry for the little bit of a weird intro. Uh, In the the setup, looks like Doctor Jared Ozer is set uh, working with some stuff, so we're missing a couple of our intro bumpers and things of that nature. As you, if you've been following Simply Cyber for a while, and Doctor Jared Ozer, you know he he's been changing his setup with uh, moving away from the kind of the platform using a third party tool called OBS. So I know he's doing a bunch of different stuff. So for some reason. Some of the overlays are not in there today. Some of the video clips and things of that nature is not in there. So had to revert back to some of the restreams default information. Um, But anyway, happy to be here. Good morning, everybody. The show will carry on, you know, in true fashion of mockery and audio issues. And I'm sure some sort of video issues at some point in time. But we'll get there. Um, Hope everybody's doing well. Today is October 14th. And we are what is going? Sorry, we are on episode two hundred and nineteen of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I am your guest host, Eric Taylor with Barricade Cyber Solutions, and over the next forty-five minutes, I will be delivering the top cybersecurity news of the day and providing keyword technical expert analysis of each of these stories. What it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking into the industry this is the first place you're able to come in and get some of the leading stories go start your day off right know what the important things are that you may need to tackle in your organization or if you got that job interview you know what the what's going on in the industry so you can go in there and crush it crush it let me know if you got an interview coming up next week let me know what your role is so that way we could cheer you on today and Think about you next week as you're going in for that interview um promotion whatever the case is let us know what those are so that way we can do that um shout out and thanks to this stream sponsors of course barricade cyber solutions we've been you know here a long time we'll continue to be here to help jerry and everybody to be able to advance this thing and keep it going um you know how to get a hold of us barricadecyber.com real quick and easy you know if you think there's something going how you in your network reach out. It's really as easy as click your date and time, fill out some information and you'll see my ugly mug on a zoom call or teams call. Right. So, um, check out the, also check out this stream's co-sponsor recon infosec. You know, if your organization is large enough to have some real cybersecurity issues, you know, the left of boom stuff, you want to make sure things are getting protected in a serious way. Uh, but you don't quite have a large enough internal team to, you know, have that fully developed SOC or security operation system. They have built theirs from the ground up, and you should really go check out their manage, detect, and response (MDR) offering over at Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, the processes, and the technology needed to deliver a full spectrum security operation for any size of your company. Right. So, if you're a small company or a big company. You know definitely check them out if you're the quote-unquote left of boom you want to be able to secure your environment with an mdr you know, definitely give recon infosec a shot when you're looking to vet your next thing and here's another thing that you should do i think i mentioned this the other day um now here in our internal organization we recommend this for a lot of other companies you know once a year as your your software is getting renewed look at your other vendors that are out there for that specific space that you're going to be doing. Is there somebody else that could be able to advance your uh, line of business applications? Is there something that could be able to advance your business or secure your business a little bit more? Right. So always to be doing your due diligence at least every year. Um, Typically right around nine months, 10 months into it, I start looking, you know, at other vendors and seeing what's out there. You know, maybe we need to make a change to make our stuff a little bit more secure. Our processes work a little bit better. So, you know, definitely give those folks a call if you're up for renewals and you know m- maybe considering a change but anyway if you are live thank you so much please smack or type in team live you know I wanted that to start really tracking off because you always had the team replay um so thanks for being here definitely put in team live in there let us know where you are i did see some folks who are talking about an interview next week i will be going back and watching the Uh, the chat in the replay, so we will uh, do that. Um, But I also want to remind you that if you hold professional certifications that require CPE, each episode of the Daily Cyber Breath Brief is worth half a CPE, so 2.5 every week and roughly 10 a month. Be sure to document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn your CPEs. In the meantime, we will be saying hi to everybody in chat. You know, this is a little bit – it's not – again, you know, I haven't been feeling the whole nerd hard nerdcore like I did during the uh, Threat Gen Red versus Blue thing. This is kind of close. This has been – this is a Spotify playlist that's put out by Red Canary. This is their volume two. So the first one is Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. So while we do that, let's go ahead – let me know if that music is a little too loud because my stuff is definitely a little bit different than Jerry's. So if that music is too loud and overpowering and wants to send you into orbit, let me know. Um, seeing love, the Loving the Team Live. Team Live, good morning, everybody. Uh, we got Houston. Oh, I do have – I know Jerry does the uh, joke of the week that comes from his son. I do have one that we'll be doing. It actually comes from Casually Joseph. Um, we were hanging out yesterday, doing some stuff in the after hours and he brought up some good jokes and there was one that really made me chuckle and we're going to share that one today. So we will have a joke of the week. Um, the haircut fish wants an interview with barricade cyber. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? I don't know. Do you want, do you want the, the, the jigsaw dude to be the, your boss? I don't know um we, but um i will think of you we will be looking at hiring some more folks here in another couple of months with some of the stuff that we've got going on so uh, definitely i will think of you and ask you to submit your resume at that time before we put out everything on linkedin so i see jack scott the you know in the in the feed love to see smiley there are you okay has anybody had any big wins today? Or this week? Have you had any big wins? And you know, if you're in InfoSec, you've always been able to it's like, we stopped that threat actor, we found this new vulnerability, we did this. Have you had any big wins this week that you could be able to share? You know, definitely don't burn any NDAs or anything like that. What's up? You know, so Oh, we got the UK in the house. Justin Logan had a video interview, or yeah, on Wednesday. Good job, Justin. How do you feel about it? What was the position, if you don't mind me asking? You know, don't o set yourself or anything like that, right? So, Justin Gold, good luck. He got. A third party to admit that they were at fault that's always always a hard thing to do right uh lucky broke slack yesterday just uh, (laughs) ah you got me on that one we got jamaica in the house uh justin loken is going for that it had the video in uh conference on wednesday about the internship very very good found a win 2003 in the customer system that definitely wasn't the win especially for the amount of traffic it generated Uh, Tony I feel your luck there's a lot of manufacturing clients that we deal with that have that win 2003 server Um, yeah the being able to uh, run their doodads and make those sprockets and things of that nature is uh, requires a lot of legacy stuff right so um, those are what some systems that I don't like to sneeze around because I'm afraid something is going to break, right? So the rich 464, ha, just starting my security career, any tips, the first tip I'm going to give you the rich 464 is what part of security do you want to be? It's just like saying you want to be an IT. What kind do you want to be? You want to be a programmer? You want to be a web designer? You want to be you um a remote support not network engineer um you know where where do you want to hang your hat in there right so find out what are you passionate about and go after that particular thing so you know the best thing i can relate to is like a doctor um you know you have your general practitioners which is okay um but then you have your specialties you know you have your your um you have your elbow surgeons and you have your Uh, cardiology surgeons and you have this and you have that you know that there's a lot of specialties in IT and in cybersecurity you definitely want to be a specialist unless you're going for the CISO or the CISSP you know which I think Dr. Derek Oger is because he's got that master's right so you know, find out what you want to do where do you want to hang your hat on so hopefully that helps you definitely don't want to go um you know, just at the thing, hap release, right? Uh, OSINT, uh Marisa, open-sourced Intel... Th- uh, open-source Intel... Th- so it's pretty much you're able to look up anybody, right? Just Google it. There's a ton of sites out there that help you by just putting in your email address or whatever, and you could be able to start getting that sort of information. Oh, there's actually a book. Um, oh, that reminds me. I got another thing. So anyway, sorry. It's going to be a much of ADHD medicine. Um, this is actually a A really good book, the Operator's Handbook. Just go to Amazon. Literally, you know, look for the the yellow one. Just type in Operator's Handbook, find the yellow one. Uh, But this is, you know, Red Team, OSINT, and Blue Team. It's I'm constantly referring to this book. It's one of my uh, one of my favorite books that has brought a lot a lot of value to me when I'm doing. My red team engagements when I'm doing some other research, things of that nature, really, really good book. One thing that we did get, I did have somebody message me on LinkedIn was, what's that blue thing on my wall? (laughs) So we actually have several posters here. So that one is, if you know me very well, you know I'm a huge fan of SANS. I know it's a very expensive venture, but that one is literally my Hunt Evil blue team uh my blue poster so if you do sans blue poster that's that one I literally have on this wall right over here that you can't see because my desk is a effing mess um but this is my windows forensics analysis poster so I got two of them there and I got a network forensics toolkit poster up there so um I know we're running a little bit later just doing the introductions but I like talking sometimes especially when I don't have anybody yelling at me um Yes, casually, Joseph. Remember to drop a like. Do please, you know, like I've said this before, you know, we have many people co streaming this thing, if you will. You got Outpost Jacks, who I like to call Somali. You have um, Bacon. You have Threat Gen, things of that nature that are co streaming this thing, trying to help spread Dr. Gerald's efforts. And what well, I'm very honored to be a part of these efforts as well to help, you know, spread the cybersecurity news of the day, bring awareness. So please do your part and help share it. You know, take, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Twitter, if you're on whatever, you know, take the link and share it. Say, hey, caught this more. You know, don't do this one. This one's kind of being a train wreck with me just talking all the time, right? But, you know, the next one you can really get value out of. Please just copy that link. Start posting, hey, caught a great show this morning. I feel more knowledgeable about the day. Maybe you should go check it out too, right? So help spread the message. You know, that really helps drive everything. So with that said, yeah, we will stop yammering. We will get to it. I have taken a peek of all the items today, and I don't see anything that's going to trigger me to go ultra spicy by any means. So today should be a little bit of a calmer day. Um, and unfortunately, we don't have some of the overlays because, like I said, Jerry was messing with uh, some stuff. Um, just know I am not Doctor Jared Osher. Right, um, but I do want to keep you know his URL up there, so that way you can go. To, definitely check out uh, simplycyber.io for slash stream. Just know that's not me. Um, but anyway, we will kick this thing off, ladies and gentlemen.
1: From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, October fourteenth, twenty twenty-two. Colonium APT targets Israel with a new custom backdoor dubbed Papa Creep. The APT group has been employing custom backdoors in attacks aimed at Israeli entities since at least September 2021. Focusing only on Israeli targets, it has launched attacks against organizations in engineering, information technology, law, communications, branding and marketing, media, insurance and social services. Microsoft researchers believe that the attackers were coordinated with other actors affiliated with Iran's Ministry of Intelligence and Security based on victim overlap and TTPs. This circumstance is confirmed by revelations that emerged in the last couple of years that the Iranian government is using cyber mercenaries for its operations. Microsoft has observed Polonium active on or targeting multiple organizations that were previously compromised by Iran-linked Muddy Water APT, also known as
0: Mercury all right all right so yeah even though the russia ukraine thing again, i've i'm becoming under a rock for the most this year when it comes to the news and stuff like that but you're not seeing as much stuff on the news around russia and ukraine but no that the war is still going on you know a lot of people think that this because that is still happening um you know, a lot of the cybersecurity threats, you know, attacks on ransomware against the U.S. has died down because they're super hyper-focused on fighting each other. Um, and this just goes right to it, right? So, I mean, you know, back in September, you know, they're, you're starting to see more and more, and it's still carrying on, right? So, you know, people are still attacking Ukraine. You know, they're trying to attack their critical... They're not really attacking critical... Inf- this part of it, right? But it's... You know, they're trying to cause as much mayhem as they can, right? So um, just keep well, – while this doesn't really apply to anybody outside of Israel per se. I mean, it could affect us, right, just because we do get stuff out of there. Um, but just know that these attacks are going on. Just be um, on the radar because if you remember a couple of years back with um, – uh, not Petya, that's right. You know, it was not Petcha was designed to be a very small and focused attack that went effing global and just took out everybody. Right. So this technology attacks can definitely go, you know, awry. So knowing that this is going on and just keep an eye on this to make sure you are not potentially impacted by this stuff is the best way to be prepared and protected. Um, so you know, if you can get sandboxes of these malwares and stuff like that, run it through your layers for protection, things of that nature, um, then you should be good to go, right? You know, always making sure that you keep an update of um you know C C and C servers that are being used. There's a ton of threat feeds out there that are using it. You know, I subscribe to several of myself and you know, always constantly checking over the last uh, 60 to 90 days have any of my agents or that we manage communicated with a cnc server and you know that way we kind of look oh, uh, we, we potentially have a problem here right so um always do being due diligence you know being informed rsa conference reveals CISO
1: board relationships The RSA Conference Executive Security Action Forum released a research report on Wednesday that describes how CISOs are communicating risk, accountability, security maturity, and metrics to boards and the challenges that this can sometimes entail. Among the findings, CISOs and boards are generally well aware of the legal ramifications of a data breach and the need to document their efforts to adequately manage cyber risk. Also, there is debate amongst the CISO community about the types of metrics used in board reports, specifically whether narratives or numbers are better. Also, CISOs, who have evaluated building a capability to quantify cyber risk in dollar values, found that the resources and talent, including actuaries needed, would be prohibitive for most
0: security teams.
1: Finally, many security
0: teams... that's still part of the same one, but you know, you weren't at something goofy. This literally CISOs series put a link to a web submission you know but I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this but I'm just gonna copy this thing here I'm gonna put this here in this chat so you guys can just download it directly you know like I said um, I probably get in trouble for this hopefully not too much Um, but that way you can just download the report I've already you know got into the sales funnel Um, so you know it really is just a PDF you know talking about it so you know, kind of disappointed they actually, you know, posted that, but I mean, it's good information if it brings value to you. I did kind of skim over it. They did have some, it's interesting to see, you know, the CISO's mindset because I don't sit in that role. Um, So it's good to see kind of where they are a little bit um, and get some of their insights, right? So hopefully that brings some value to you. And uh, Omar, I'm not Gerald. Um, I'm Eric. Sorry if you're late and it's just seeing me for the first time. That name is false. Um, But there's there's a whole story to it or whatever. But I'm glad you are at least benefiting from it. Um, So anyway, we'll carry on, ladies and gentlemen. Teams use risk scoring systems internally to
1: prioritize their efforts, but do not find it useful to share those numbers with their board. We have a link to the full report in the show notes to this episode at CISOseries.com. All right
0: now here's, come sorry.
1: UK government urges action to enhance supply chain security. The UK government has warned organizations to take steps to strengthen their supply chain security, and the National Cybersecurity Center has issued guidance in response to an increase in supply chain attacks, such as the SolarWinds incident of 2020. Aimed at medium to large organizations, the document sets out practical steps to better assess cybersecurity across increasingly complex supply chains. This includes a description of typical supplier relationships and the ways that organizations are exposed to vulnerabilities and cyber attacks via the supply chain and the expected outcomes and key steps needed to assess suppliers' approaches to security.
0: You know, you're, you ladies and gentlemen are going to keep hearing about these warnings you know a supply chain attacks things of that nature you want to know why it's really easy because nobody's implementing the security practices that they need to right we, we talked yesterday a little bit about pci compliancy about how you know simple printers on smtp using at you know j- default creds um yeah you know, these things are constantly going on because nobody takes the time to do it and it, let's be honest it's like documentation it's a giant pain in the backside Right, but you got to be able to, if you can't do it internally, hire a company to help you with this process. You know, the one thing I strongly advocate, and I know um, Jack Scott may boom me a little bit because she, I heart's NIST, um, but I love CIS. Um, I think that is an awesome first level entry deduction to a framework that can start immediately boosting your cybersecurity inside of your organization. Um, uh, Jim, yes, there will be a joke. I will have one for you, but I mean, CIS controls version eight, you know, they even have a website for it. So that way you can kind of walk through it from a GUI aspect. If you don't like Excel sheets, because, you know, let's just be honest, not everybody likes a good old fashioned Excel sheet, right? So, um, there's different ways to ingest the CIS controls. And I do believe it is a great first step to, Advancing your cybersecurity posture and it helps a lot of the stuff that's in CIS version eight can easily be ported into another framework. There's plenty of documents out there. It's like CIS version eight to NIST 800 or CMMC or whatever. And it all, it will lay it out line by line. Like, okay, your 2.1.1 of CIS controls matches up to this one. So you can just, you know, copy and paste all of your information. Um, and fill it then you can start working on filling in the gaps so like i said cis controls is very very um good for entry level if you will NIST definitely takes you up to that higher level but you know that whole concept of crawl walk run when you're crawling you know asset inventory patch management cis controls right And as you start to walk and you start to run going into higher security, adopting NIST and other frameworks is definitely where you want to go. So like I said, I'm not saying that CIS is the end all be all, but I do think it's a great first step unless you're being required to do something more extraneous, right? So anyway, ranting over. Digital
1: license plates legalized in California. The state of California has ended a pilot program and fully legalized the digital license plates for private and commercial vehicles. The E-Ink digital license plates, known as the R-Plate, are manufactured by California-based company Reviver. Plates can reportedly function in extreme temperatures. They have some customization features and are managed via Bluetooth using a smartphone app. <laughs> R-Plates are also equipped with an LTE antenna, which can be used to push updates. Change the plate if the vehicle is reported stolen or lost, and notify vehicle owners if their car may have been stolen.
0: All right, all right. I didn't think we we're gonna get spicy, but this might get a little spicy. This is this is more comical than anything else, right, Lisa? Does anybody not see? You got Bluetooth. You have digital that could. Everything's being updated through the license plate through your Bluetooth. Who's not to say you got a passenger that's a hacker? Where and you know. Like scrolling your license plate, of like this dro- guy drives like an idiot, you know, scrolling across your license, your digital license plate. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love technology. Right. But for God's sake, man, some things just do not need to be an IOT. You really don't need to advance a piece of aluminum that your license plate is to something that is digital. Right? I mean you're putting more on your vehicle that can break. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's kinda cool. But really, you know, that's just I mean if you ever if you ever get invited to anything, you know, that I own or my house or whatever, right? You know, everybody's like, Oh, well you're in cybersecurity you you must have like an elaborate IoT setup. Actually, no. I I really don't have any IoT in here. You know, even the speaker is the um, Apple mini it doesn't u- it ties to your phone as a Bluetooth speaker so yes it does use a Wi-Fi for some streaming um, if you're doing Apple but I don't have Siri and Google and all that so you know, I try to keep it as low-tech as possible less things to get breached and implemented inside of your organization and in your home so but yeah I mean think of this. When you start seeing all the hacker cons coming out, watch for some of those to be pwned. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see what people freaking get away with on those things. Thanks to this week's episode sponsor, No Name Security.
1: Prevent API attacks in real time with automated AI and ML-based detection
0: from No Name Secure. Alright, sorry. So we'll stop that. I'll ask the question or the joke. I'll give you the part and we'll finish here in the uh, the their sponsorship and then I'll give you the answer. So here is the joke from Casually Joseph. Why did the band not get a gig? Why did the band not get a gig? Answer after this.
1: Security. Monitor API traffic for data leakage, data tampering, data policy violations, suspicious behavior, and API security attacks. Integrate with your existing IT workflow management system like Jira, ServiceNow, or Slack for seamless remediation. You can learn more at nonamesecurity.com slash runtime-protection. That's noname slash runtime-protection.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that was their sponsor, Runtime Protection. Again, the joke of the week, why did the band never get a gig? I didn't see anybody put any questions or any answers in there. So anyway, why did the band not get a gig? Because it was called 1,023 megabyte, 1,023 megabyte. So they never got a gig. <laughs> a little little side tech a little dad joke there for you hopefully you enjoyed it then we'll carry on signal will remove
1: support for sms text messages on android signal says it will start to phase out sms and MMS message support from its android app to streamline the user experience and prioritize security and privacy while this announcement may surprise those who don't know, Signal can also be used to manage this type of text message. The Signal for Android app could be configured as the default SMS MMS app since it's beginning as Text Secure, an app that used the Axolotl Ratchet protocol. The company stated in a blog published yesterday, quote, we have now reached the point where SMS support no longer makes sense, end quote.
0: That is that is actually a fact. So, um, Back in the some of the early days of Facebook Messenger, this um, you know kind of talk about some other things that you may be a little bit more familiar with. I'm not sure if Facebook Messenger. I haven't used it in such a long time. But when you install Facebook Messenger, you could be able to use that as your texting app, right? And I, you know, like I said yesterday, I don't use WhatsApp because I don't need yet another messaging platform. Um, you know, when you when we install Signal, that it says, "Hey, do you want us to handle your SMS and everything?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good." You know your your function is secure communications from app to application. I don't want you be, embedding yourself into another feature of my phone. You know, trying to do something. You know, when you start having applications cross over to other applications, that's where a lot of vulnerabilities happen. So I didn't want I didn't want that that, and I didn't want to troubleshoot if I was getting not getting a text message or something like that. I don't know whose fault is it. Is it my phone's OS issue? Is it signals OS issue or SMS issue? You know, you, you're you're complicating a basic function. So that way you have to, you know, now you got more troubleshooting to figure out who, who's actually at fault here. Right. So I've never integrated that. I've never seen the reason why you want to take away from one of the core functions of your device, your phone's device and allow a third party to handle it. Now, yeah. let me know in the comments if you think it's a, be- a better idea that you have a third party handling it. Me personally, I just never seen it, right? I mean, that's like asking a third party to handle my phone calls for me. You know, taking away the 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 programs that help determine, you know, if you're getting spam calls or whatever and do the robots and all that garbage. Um but anyway. Anyway, here we go.
1: Australian insurer Medibank hit by targeted cyber attack. Medibank, a private health insurer in Australia with 3.7 million customers, has confirmed this week that it is the latest business down under to fall victim to a digital break-in. In In a brief statement, the company confirmed it had yanked the AHM and international student policy systems offline and, quote, are in the process of methodically and safely restarting systems, end quote. Medibank, which provides insurance coverage for accidents, hospital hospital time optical health, dental work and more did not explain how the criminals gained access to its network how long they were there or anything else related nhs vendor advanced confirms stop uh,
0: <laughs> sorry my my audio wouldn't stop there for a minute um yeah you're going to see a lot of these bigger targets you know This just kind of goes back of, you know, know your threat landscape. I mean, clearly they're going through some sort of quote-unquote cybersecurity incident. You know, they're not going to disclose. I mean, there's very few companies that have come out that actually said, you know, oh, this is exactly step-by-step what happened, right? So, you know, those who are in the tech industry right now and you're in the caseo world and you know this if this doesn't apply to you just ignore me for the next 30 seconds but you know if you're in the caseo world and you use that program it glue for your documentation you know that whole bull crap that came out what a week ago today or maybe two weeks ago you know that screams cybersecurity breach you're not going to hear a word about exactly what's going on over there right so you know, they keep things very tight to the chest. You know, a lot of times when we're brought into cases, they were under full NDAs. or you know, sometimes attorney-client privileges and things of that nature, right? So, don't expect a full disclosure by any means on this situation. Hopefully, there's just... Hopefully, they get back up soon and, you know, they learn from their mistakes and no lives are impacted. It's really the best thing we can go with, right? So... Um. Terms patient data loss but remains
1: tight-lipped. Following up on a story we brought you in August, the IT service provider for the UK's National Health Service, NHS, named Advanced, has confirmed that attackers stole data from its systems during the August ransomware attack but refuses to say if patient data was compromised. No, it, it was down the number of the NHS services, including its Adastra patient management system, which helps non-emergency call handlers dispatch ambulances and helps doctors access patient records. Also care notes, which is used by mental health trusts for patient information. In an update dated October 12th, said the malware used in the attack was Lockbit
0: 3.0. Metas. Yeah, they probably said that because it was all over Lockbit's freaking website for about four days and then it got pulled down because they probably paid the ransom because there's a thing in especially in my industry right so if there's about a week or roughly about a week after you've been impacted by a ransomware that's when the breach notification goes up on their name and shame sites if they actually have one. You know, the bigger players like LockBit and BlackBite and things of that nature. They they have the name and shame. A lot of them have started migrating to Telegram, things of that nature. So, um, it's. Um, but if you don't communicate and you don't uh, pay the ransom, then you know they say, hey, you've been hit, and these many days till disclosure, things of that nature. Um, but for a couple of days there, it was up on uh, Lockbit 3.0 site. So, and then it got taken down because they probably paid 99% sure that they paid because they took it down, All right? That's kind of the terms. You know, if you pay the ransom, then we'll not disclose your company, we'll not disclose your documents, things of that nature, and we'll give you the encryption key. You know, it's kind of that whole process, right? So, um, Like I said, the fact that it got taken down from their site. So they couldn't deny that Lockbit infected them because it was up there. Um, But it's cool that they got Mandiant um, involved. You know, those who don't know, Mandiant is probably the biggest DFIR firm, digital forensics and response firm around. And, you know, Google owning them now. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what Mandiant does. If it's going to just be absorbed internally to help build out and secure their internal cloud infrastructure or whatever, Um, you know, Google has been making a massive play. If you've been watching any sort of TV, your favorite show lately, you know, Google's running those ads about how they're keeping their, their, even their free Gmail users more secure now um, with some of the stuff that they're doing. So um, cool.
1: Anyway, this VR headset harvests personal data right off your face. Meta's latest VR headset, the Quest Pro, includes a set of five inward facing cameras that watch a person's face to track eye movements and facial expressions, allowing the tar to reflect their expressions more realistically. But researcher Luke Stark, an assistant professor at Western University in Canada, stated in an interview with Wired that he suspects that the default offsetting for face tracking will not last long, and that, quote, it has been clear for some years that animated avatars are acting as privacy loss leaders, end quote. Eye tracking and facial expression privacy notices that the company Meta published this week stated that although raw images get deleted, insights gleaned from those images may be processed and stored on Meta servers.
0: Yeah, Who wants to call the big, giant, friggin' red flag a BS on this one? I mean, come on. I really didn't think I was going to get spicy today. But, gee, Christmas? I mean, Facebook is known for storing your data, just like um, Amazon with their friggin' Echoes and stuff like that. They store your data. That's what they do. They're a content company. They're a data-storing company, right? I mean... Don't get me wrong. The VR is kind of cool. You know, I'm interested in that technology, kind of like the whole self-driving cars and stuff. I think it's going to be cool technology for later down the road, watching it kind of advance and perfect and things of that nature. But, you know, and when you're actually taking sensors to point at my face and do full micro analysis on, you know, did your eyes move and been doing this and making it simulate, you know, you don't need VR that realistic. Put down that headset and go outside. Maybe that's just the boomer talking or something. I don't know, but it's, it's virtual reality. It's not supposed to be a hundred percent simulated real world, right? It's supposed to be fun. You know, you ride a roller coaster, you you shoot a bunch of penguins with snowballs, and you know all this other stuff, right? I mean. You're not supposed to be, you know, going out there to the club and getting jiggy with it or whatever and, you know, having that virtual balcony wow wow stuff. I mean, come on. That, that's really where they're going to go with this stuff, right? I mean, if you, y'all you are old enough to remember, oh, what was that movie where they go to Mars or Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to Mars? Total Recall. Um, they had the whole virtual reality and stuff like that where... They were in there, you know, doing all that stuff, right? And I'm not going to get graphic, but, you know, Boundaries, wow, wow, you know. Um, and, you know, you were sitting there and people were applauding, you Oh, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, you know, that that whole thing, you know, boost up yourself around and everything. But, you know, that's kind of what this, this stuff is going to lead to, right? And, you know, if it's going to advance us, great. I'm I'm all for some sort of advancement. But it's kind of like the IoT stuff, like I was talking about earlier in my house. How I don't really have that. Um, yeah. Is is there a real functional outcome of this? And if it's just to feed Meta's freaking algorithm more of how my nose twitches right before I sneeze or something, or I'm, you know, my avatar looks to the left because I look to the left. Come on. Yeah, and I the part that really scares me and how are we on time oh i got two minutes left yay i can finish my rant um the part that really scares me about this is the fact that this thing could probably be used to scan your retina for those secure entryways those secure um facilities that require retina scans to be entered that's going to be a huge thing, you know. If you're in that world, you're not going to be able to use this stuff because the possibility that it's going to actually do a retina scan on you. Mm. Oh, and somebody did say in here, Westworld. That's yeah, it's actually a better, uh you know, better scenario. You know, the friendly version of Terminator, right? Um, to some degree, until you start get to later seasons. No spoilers. I'm still trying to get caught up on that show. Um, but anyway i think that's the end remember of
1: we've got a full slate of live content later
0: yeah yep yep so that's the end of the CISO series news of the day i hope everybody has enjoyed these past couple of days i have honestly enjoyed it um it's been a pleasure and a, g- a great honor to fill in for dr gerald osier and thank you all for your kindness and um you know, being here every morning, I know eight o'clock in the morning is uh, Eastern time, is definitely a little bit earlier than the normal uh, time stamps. But, you know, we've been, we got, you know, things to do over here as well. So thanks for putting up with us and thanks for having us. I, I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Do us all a favor. It is Friday. If it's sunny, let's go out for a walk. right, let's get some fresh air, put the VR down, say hi to a neighbor. When was the last time you said hi to a neighbor? I was thinking about that this morning. I'm going to go try socializing a little bit more this weekend. Hope you do too. Take care, everybody.